And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Comics Comics Weekend with Frank Santoro, Jim Rugg, and Kevin Heisinger here at the Pittsburgh Independent Comics Festival. Oh, do you guys want to come to the panel? Come on in. Yeah. We've got, we've got three attendees to our panel today. Um, we are here. We are here at the Pittsburgh International Comic Book Festival. Welcome, true believers, to what's our panel about? I don't know either. Our panel. What do you want to talk about? Do you want the? Oh, yeah, the differences in working for self-published and professionally published. You know, because here we have two of the most accomplished mini-comics makers in America today. Mr. Jim Rugg, Mr. Kevin Heisenga. Yes, please applaud. Two of the most accomplished mini-comics makers in America today who have translated that expertise of the form into their professional work, wouldn't you say? Kevin. Um. Thank you for that nice introduction, um, Frank. You might have to speak a little louder. For the audience that it yeah, I, I, that's good. I don't know how to. Uh, what, so, what was the question? The the differences between uh, mini com like you know, mini comics and then and then getting paid, if you get paid. That's it. The that's the difference. <laughs> In my experience, that's the difference, is getting paid. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's, it's great to get paid. Do you get paid a page rate? Uh, for my, uh, for like Fantagraphics or Drawn and Quarterly, no. They just pay royalties. Explain to the home audience what that is. Um, I'm not really sure how it works myself. Just a check shows up from, from Mr. Oliveros every once in a while. Yes. Are they, how many zeros are we talking? <laughs> not very many. Not but, very many. But enough to get by. No, not enough to get by. Your, your, your girlfriend has to work a job. Uh, yes. Your girlfriend? My wife, yes. I'm sorry, your wife, Katie. This is this you're making me seasick with your coming. We need to have a microphone here. Yeah. Jim, are you married? I am married, yes. Natalie. Natalie. How does how does she feel about you getting paid or not getting paid? She prefers if I get paid. So she prefers the dark horse kind of jobs. Yeah, Dark Horse was a page rate. Jim did a series for Dark Horse called The Guild? Yes. Based on the web show. Well, are you are you uh, uh you know kind of a how is it when you're working on a job like that? Are you nice to be around, or you're kind of like under pressure? I usually end up under pressure, like deadline pressure is usually what I, you know. So I end up being kind of, I don't know. I probably work more, you know, in a week whenever I'm doing that kind of work, and so I'm more tired and irritable. When you have a professional job, as opposed to when you're maybe doing a mini comic. I did my mini-comic right after, literally, like, the day I turned in the guild is when I did Rambo. And I did it, like, that week. 
after that because I was still in that schedule of get up every morning and work for, you know, all day. And uh, I had been doing that for like a year. And so I was still in that mode. I was waking up early and was like, what do I do now? uh, Jim's wife is a teacher, so she's out of the house by 6.30 a.m. Yeah, I try to keep the same hours as her so that whenever I'm not working, I get, you know, like in the evenings or whatever. So I end up working early in the morning. See, my girlfriend sleeps all day, so it's better. Like, I can get up at 6 a.m., and then I can draw until she's in bed until 1 o'clock, so it's great. Yeah, that's part of it, too. She's out of the house, so it's easier to work. Women. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Kevin? Is it more difficult or easier to work with a lady around or when she's at work? It's impossible for me to work when she's home. But that's Impossible. That's my problem. Does she know that? Uh, yeah, she kind of knows that, but it's, uh, that's just because I'm too easily distracted. It's not because of her. Is that why you write focus on every page you're working on? That's one of the reasons. Yeah. I try to try to focus. I have a hard time at that. Focusing on the work itself or focusing on the, on anything, anything, but video games, those are easier to focus on. Now, how do we segue this into getting paid? Would you, would you take a job like getting paid to, to play video games? Well, well, I'm trying to think of something interesting. Couldn't you make a Ganges comic book and, or a Ganges video game and this would all come together? Um, I guess so. You know, in my mind, I try to... I've been lucky, and so I haven't had to worry too much about it but in my mind i really try very hard to keep worrying about money and worrying about my create my projects completely separate because i really am afraid of getting to a stage at which i'm starting to make creative decisions based on whether i think this is going to sell a little bit more or a little it's really hard enough for me to make decisions about anything in my stories anyways and like the idea of adding another variable like you know if i do a cover like this is it going to sell more than i do a cover like that um i just feel like that would drive me really crazy so i try very hard to just like do my thing and then just like you know just like have some sort of like blind faith that everything's going to work out around it and so far so good and because um, I feel that a lot of the maybe extra work you get, the paying jobs come from the focus that your your own comics have, because there's a real integrity in your own comics, and I think uh, you know some of the work that you would get from that would be a reflection of the quality that you know you work. That's that's what I hope, and I mean, um, I always have this idea in my head that if I just do my own thing, everything else will work itself out. And so far, that's that's happened with certain things like, you know, other the day jobs that I have had have sort of come about because of my self-published zines. Yeah, let's talk about your day job. Your day job is a weekly strip for the, the city. Well, well, I'm just saying that's a day job, right? That's a. I mean, that's like maybe once a day, once a week job. Twice a month. Oh, I thought it was once a week. Oh, because Dan switches with you. Yeah, Dan and I alternate. So this is a strip that you do for a local St. Louis uh, weekly paper, correct? Yeah, but I mean, 
we don't make we only make 50 bucks off that i mean that's we do that just for ourselves more than anything uh, have you tried to syndicate that into other alt weeklies? I mean, if you're doing it anyway, it's, you know, you have you have it. It's it. That kind of goes back to that thing where, to me, that's. I hesitate to even. I, you know, I would love to be in other papers, but it's like I'm so, I'm so split in my mind between like the work that I'm doing creatively versus like promoting it or. Like it, you know, it would be a lot of work to get an extra $50 a week is what you're saying. It feels like that. It might not be. It might just be a matter of sending out an email to a bunch of different people and getting lucky and meeting the right person at the right time or something like that. But like, but what I think is interesting is that you both are working cartoonists. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you're still doing a job twice a month and that's more than a lot of cartoonists who are actively looking for that work can even find. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, the fact of the matter is is that, like, it takes a huge amount of energy to, like, do this all the time. And, like, I'm very, like, frugal with my energy. And so, I mean, I, I'm just exhausted trying to, like, figure out sometimes what to do with the story, whether to go one direction or another direction. And that, you know... Um, that's how little energy I guess I have <laughs> is that um, when I think about like trying to do things to advance a career or something like that, I just feel anxious and exhausted and I just hope it'll work out somehow. <laughs> That's interesting because, you know, because Jim, you could say the same thing, you know, like a lot of times I hear you talking about like the energy spent on trying to, you know, coordinate some paying jobs and how that affects your, uh, your regular work or your personal work, I should say. Yeah, that's a big thing. It's nice to hear you say some of this stuff because um, I end up worrying more about selling the work and it does affect creative decisions and then that's frustrating. So I try to do, that's probably what the mini comics are for me is a chance to do something that has no financial anything. It's cheap for me to make, to print them, so that's not really an issue. How many did you sell those Rambos, you think? Just off the top of your head, how many did you print and so far? About over 500, huh? About 1,500. Whoa! Really? 1500 selling sold uh probably uh, 1350 sold wowzers ladies and gentlemen that is an outrageous number in today's marketplace 1350 mini comics uh rambo fans already like i'm done i've sold more of them than i'm comfortable selling because of the rambo you don't want to be known as the rambo guy yeah especially to rambo's lawyers (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty good so, but, talk, but then talk about, okay, so you're, you're kind of weak. Is like whenever I, I talk to you, it's like, oh, I got a call from such and such newspaper in Los Angeles. They need a cover by, the, you know, tomorrow. And then, you know, but you had been working on some other project and that gets backburnered. You know, just walk us through a typical week with Jim Rugg here. Okay, they've been a lot more scrambly lately because I've been doing smaller stuff. Whenever I do a comic book series, like when I did The Guild, that was basically my five-day schedule just get up in the morning and work on that um like this upcoming week i'm planning to uh work on my website one day i have uh spot illustrations for oc weekly do roughs are due early in the week and then finished Im- images are due at the end of the week i'm doing an an animation project with uh, some people in new york so like i send them stuff every week so i have revisions from last week's stuff to them that i have to do another set of 
But like what happens? Like you're working on something and you check your email, something comes in and you're completely derailed for the day possibly. Yeah, it's it's really hard to switch gears too. It, it you know, Kevin talked about energy and that's what happens. Like you you're, you're problem solving and it takes like all this effort of like you're trying to figure out how does this make sense for an article or you know, how does this illustration convey whatever you're trying to convey or you know, when you get done with that, it might be like lunchtime, but then it takes like an hour to sort of come down from that process and then like to gear up for like okay now i have to start that again and it's three o'clock and my wife's coming home in an hour so then it becomes like ah i'll check email i'll twitter i'll waste time you twitter i do yeah you what's up with you twittering it's just part i i think it's a necessary component of networking okay but but then but it's just basically like all the tweets i see are always like check out the new thing i uploaded on my blog that's that's about it. So you need to alert people to check yeah. the blog. Yeah, my thing is this. If somebody wants to read, you know, like I want people I'm to kidding, you know. work or whatever. So like if that's how they prefer to interact with it, I'm fine with that. And it takes me, you know, 30 seconds to, you know, you post the work somewhere and then you just kind of like link to it and let people find it however they find it then. No, uh, it's Dash is now tweeting for his RuneCast blog, which I find interesting. But um, so so like your week will be interrupted. But then what, does sometimes like your own personal projects? Do you say like no, I don't. Even if a job comes in, do you, you know? Can you are you in a position at all to turn those jobs down? You know, I mean, not just for the money, but just because you're you're on a go, like you're finishing aphrodisiac, let's say, or doing something like that, and then like a job comes in and you're under deadline for your publisher to to you know deliver a book, and then like a paying job comes in. You know, what happens? You know, does that ever? People ask for rates, so if I'm really busy, the rate that I, you know the price I give them will be higher. But um, I don't, I don't turn down much, but I don't get that much either. It's not like I'm getting ten offers a week. You know, like I'll get one offer a month. It'll be. You know, but then something I, I think we should also distinguish uh, between is like is working for um, working for like you know a city paper doing a cover for a magazine or something is very different than doing a paid comic book strip comic strip like you know we did the strange tales we all did strange tales so it's like we all had a pretty smooth it was a pretty smooth working experience for you jim yeah my first story after it was finished was uh joe quesada pulled it that's right that was not a good experience and then everything after that because it starts out as hey you can do anything you want is the way it was pitched to me after that every script i would send in would come back with a lot of notes but then kevin had the same experience you had wolverine smoking right kevin Yes, I I had Wolverine smoking, and then I had to change that. So I just photoshopped his arm over and erased the cigarette. <laughs> Jim, did you? But you, your story finally did get printed, right? With a couple of minor changes. It's the brother voodoo story. You want to tell the story real fast? Recap, yeah, get a recap. Shit, I think they were afraid it would be called racist, and and so they just pulled it. And then like a year passed or so, and uh, the editors changed. And they wanted to, they tried it again and they were like, well, change this and this. So I had to draw a shirt over some of the characters and like. Well, what about like other, okay, so beyond Strange Tales, like what are other, some like Dark Horse and then you did the, the Plain Janes for Minx and, um, and then you've, uh, you did the, the, what's his face's comic? The one you never want to talk about? Oh, the One Model Nation. Yeah. Okay, what do you want to know? Um, how I, did you know that Mike Allred was going to redraw David Bowie's faces? No. Were you happy with that? Did you feel like uh, Jack Kirby with Kurt Swan in drawing over the face? 
You know, they're all a little bit different. That one was clearly a work for hire. You know, like I was just brought in to draw the thing. So whatever they wanted, as long as they were happy with it at the end, that was Kevin, cool. how would you feel about that someone drawing over your drawings? Uh, I didn't hear about that. What? So he did a comic book where David Bowie was a character in the comic book, and they did not like the way that Jim drew David Bowie, so they got Mike Allred to draw David Bowie's faces. How do you feel about that, Kevin? Um... I don't know. I guess that's... They're paying for it, so... So, pay. fuck Jim Rugg. No. Forget, forget what, he ca- what he does and what in, in the artistic integrity that he has on the page. There's a... It sucks. That sucks. But this is a paying job, so you're okay with that, Jim? Yeah, I mean, what, it, it's... What well, we were we talking here? 70s. 70s. Aladdin Sane. I think it was Stations to Stations era. Yeah, that sounds about right. Stations to Stations. This is like 77. Is, is Eno in the comic? Is, no. is Brian Eno in the comic? No. David Bowie's... Well, he's, he's Station to Station... That's 78? That's after Eno, right? Sean Collins is like... He's listening to this and he's like killing... He's like yeah, stabbing, the, stabbing the, the loudspeaker. You, you idiots. You don't know what year Station to Station is. I don't know what your station is. That's it. Well, Bill, we'll ask Bill Boyshell. He's, he's the expert. That's my favorite Bowie cover, Station to Station. Anyway, so, so let's talk about your other work for hire uh, jobs, Kevin, just so we can compare and contrast this stuff. So what other, what other things do you get? You know, do you get asked to do stuff like, like the CCS thing, like that was a paying job? Yeah, but that was, it was with James Sturm, and James Sturm did a lot of the writing and work on that i that's something that i don't feel like is as clear as it should be as to how much james was involved with that and how much that was his thing and i kind of like most all the good ideas in there are are james's ideas we're talking about the uh uh, cartoon uh, studies pamphlet that kevin illustrated a few years ago but i mean just as a paying job like you know that's another like give us some some other examples of paying gigs beyond the strip for the twice a month well, there was The Simpsons last year. Oh, yeah. with uh, You collaborated with Matthew Thurber, right? Yeah. And that was awesome. And Sammy put that together. Yeah, and that was awesome. Like, great experience. And um, How did you feel having Matt Groening's name signed to your work? Uh, that's how it works. That was the part of the deal. You know, is that in your contract? I think so, yeah. It was part of it. Yeah. No, other, other than... How was Thurber's scripts? Cause were they in pink? crayon and on loose leaf paper Thurber's scripts was like Thurber's script was like could have been an entire episode I think of the Simpsons there was so much so many scenes and so many ideas that if anything like I felt bad that I had to kind of like be kind of ruthless and like let's compress these scenes like let's save this one idea and we're going to have to even though these are good ideas we're going to have to only use this idea because there's just too much and so but that was great. I I was, I was um, excited to work with Matt. And I before that even whole thing came up, I I was thinking to myself about guys who I wanted to ask um, to write something that I could draw. Yeah, how often has that happened for you in the past? I can't really recall other. No, and it's something that I love to do more of. I really would like to work with uh, writers or with uh, other people's things that were already written and then I could like sort of take it and make it my own the sort of the way a a director would do that with a movie um I think that would be 
really fun and you know coming up with something from scratch is not as easy for me i think is to take something and then i'm not very i probably wouldn't be very good with collaborating because i don't like to compromise my oh this is where we should talk about covering comics now because we had a conversation yesterday about uh how covering comics could sort of fill some of that void of like wanting to collaborate but not necessarily collaborating yeah i i feel like uh recently a couple people have done covers of comics Weissman uh in Moam and stuff like that where you do sort of like take the original story and you don't like copy it panel for panel but you sort of like you take it and you do your own cover of it you do your own version version of it you know it's like a horror story about horses or something and it's like well I wouldn't have thought that up on my own but like you you know one of the stories I'm working on right now called Rumbling which I worked on a lot last year and this year I haven't touched but um is based on a very short story by an Italian writer. And I kind of wanted to take that very short story and then just kind of like make my own epic out of this very short story. Um, I I don't know the legalities of all that, but I think it's okay. I think that's really interesting. Jim, how do you feel about covering comics? I don't know. I haven't given it much thought. Like the, you know, there's that covered blog, which is just covering, but then... Like recently, you know, I've been, I'm, pardon me? There's another blog called Repaneled. Repaneled. People redrawing panels. Yeah, I'm interested in like covering whole stories like like copying an old master painting, so to speak. Yeah, I like that idea. The whole thing that I've been thinking about doing that with, that I remembered from whenever I was a kid, and I finally bought the issue like, you know, 15 or 20 years since I remember reading it. And it wasn't anything like I remembered. Like it was 5% of it might have been, you know, that I remembered might have been accurate. So I was actually thinking about doing something like that, like finding, because I didn't really read comics when I was a kid, but I read like maybe half a dozen comics. Taking one of those and like doing it now, the way I What do you mean you didn't read comics as a kid? I didn't start reading comics until I was like 12. What? But I read like maybe half a dozen comics whenever I was. What kind of comics did you read when you were a little kid? I I read a. uh, Archie. No, I, I read a, a Swamp Thing, an Alan Moore Swamp Thing. I read a Daredevil. Uh, they, they were just like, a, like you know, at one point somebody was in the hospital, so I, was, I would get comics, you know, whenever I'd visit them or whatever. So Swamp Thing's have been a big, it's all Swamp. Daredevil. Daredevil. Couple of Kevin, first comic, do you remember? My first comic uh, book was um, a Captain America by uh, Kieran Dwyer. Woo! Wow. Wowzers. Yeah. Batrock the Leaper. Kieran Dwyer's uh, Captain America when I was was like 13 or whatever. He never got his due. Yeah, no, he was good. He was good. Still around. He's only like a couple years older than us. He's a really young guy. Like when the time when he was drawing those Captain Americas, I just found this out on the internet recently that he was like, you know, I was like 18 or something when he drew those. Was John Byrne his stepdad? It was some kind of thing with John Byrne and his mom was dating John. Oh, this is this is some esoteric comics history here. Backups in um, in one of John Byrne's Dark Horse series. Right, Did that you is correct. I remember those. I don't know if I. I think those were computer colored and, and kind of a gross. But anyways, that was the, that was when I was a, a lad. Those was I bought those a lad from the. Uh, That's when you were a lad. We lad and Wowzers. Got those from the uh, grocery store yeah. before Walgreens 
they when they remember were the three packs, the plastic three packs. Yeah, from Toys R Us. Yeah, with the and then they had like the no like where the the UPC symbol would be just blank. Yes, or it would be Spider Man's head. Yeah. Well, that was the direct market ones, but that yeah, that was they were really weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to test your esoteric well, so you knowledge. Didn't start reading comics till you were post Avengers, like eleven or twelve, something like that. Yeah, no, I was. I would just bought one on a whim. I don't even remember what. You guys are nuts. That's how I kind of was. Like an angel reached down and moved my arm over to pick one up. I had, you know instantly? Were you like, that's it, I'm drawing comics? That's it. But no, yeah, that night, I remember reading it and being like, the, what is this and where has this been, you know? Because I was into science fiction uh, novels and stuff. I was a science fiction sort of nerd and stuff like that. But I didn't read comic books at all. Were you discouraged from reading no, I think my parents just thought it was a thing, you know. F- you didn't have any Spider-Man underoos or anything like that? No, I wasn't, like, super geeked out or anything like that. What about you, Jim? Underoos? No underoos? Uh, I probably had, like, a Hulk shirt or something. Hulk shirt. Yeah, you know, before I... Well, it's, I'm not even... It's super, super boring for even for <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I got recently those Hulk hands, that one that yeah, goes yeah. like... Yeah, yeah. You a Hulk fan? Why... Let's talk about... This is for comics, comics. Like, no one's listening to this anyway. First, first poems that you read that you really... Read. First poem. I really... Well, yeah. First poem. I mean, Tennyson. <laughs> Whatever. I had a te- you know, teacher... No, I was just saying, you know, it always comes back to, like, nerding it up. I was lucky. I had a... My dad's dad had the local corner store with comic books, so I got... I was reading. I was buying Miller Daredevils off the rack. Yeah. You know, I remember. This was, I mean, this was 81, 82. You guys weren't even, how old were you? Like five. Yeah, like, for me, it's Nothing. embarrassing. It's like, for, when I was buying them off the rack, it was like McFarlane Spider-Mans. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, those were good. But, yeah. Anyway, sorry. So let's, anyway. so, 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 okay, so. So that's interesting, though, that we both started. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah, most people are lifelong comics fans who are like, yeah. Like, I've never been not drawing. I, ever since I... Yeah, those are the most boring stories. Anybody doing an interview, do not start at the, when I was... Wait, so you've always drawn. Yes, when I was five, I drew a Confederate Army scene. I never drew anything until, like, I sat down and tried to draw, like, you know, Wolverine and Punisher. Whoa. So it was like, from the beginning, it was comics... Was the so, so this is the secret. Wolverine. So now it's Wolverine, Silver Surfer. The truth comes out, Kevin. Ninja Turtles. So the truth comes out. So you drew Wolverine, and then you drew Wolverine for the Strange Tales. So time has folded in on itself. Yeah, you know, it doesn't feel. I was wondering if it was going to feel weird or feel, but there's nothing there. <laughs> like feel good weird. Uh, it, good weird. You mean? You, what, you didn't like it? Like, it wasn't, like, the same energy boost as no, when you were 10? No, not at all. I'm sorry for you. That was for me, man. I was I was totally going nuts on that shit. That's great. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was on cloud nine. See, but I think I, I you know, th- I'm not trying to out-nerd you or anything. I'm just saying. No, I'm, that's fine. That's good. Jim, how do you feel about that? I wasn't that excited either. What? Yeah. I was more interested in the comic than any particular characters. I, I trust. I distrust your. You may fold under questioning, Jim. 
I wish my heart was as pure. You don't have a connection to Wolverine? It's too complicated, you know? You don't have a connection to Brother Voodoo? No, my, my connection to that is I like the artist. Gene Colan. You don't have a connection to Machine Man? I like Kirby. You know, like, that was my connection. The Machine Man thing was going to be Machine Man, Kirby 70s. Uh, no one knows what we're talking about now. Yeah, that's true. Is it time for questions? From time me? for questions. We're at 28 minutes, so yeah. There's an there's a incredible uh, jam-packed audience here at the Pittsburgh International Comics Festival. We have three people in attendance here at the, at the, uh, <coughs> at the, at the panel. It's like a reverse panel now. That's right. So we're going to ask three different questions. Um, I know, okay, I, I, I know most of them personally. We have... We have Kevin, and please tell me. Geneva. Geneva and Jory. Okay, so here we have some real comics fans coming down to the panel. Any questions, you guys? How are the deadlines for your own publishers? Um, it's kind of like um, you kind of think ahead and you think, well, I'd like this to sort of come out in for San Diego next year. And then you kind of work back from that and they tell you, well, if it's going to be out for San Diego, you have to have it done by this time. You know, and then that's and then you end up missing that deadline and then you're like, okay, well. And then does Peggy Burns call you and and and? and oh no, no. You get a phone, a mean phone call from Tom Devlin. Or? No, I mean with these public with publishers now, it's like, uh, it's there's it's book there's like seasons of for books or whatever. There's like the spring books and the winter books and the fall books, and then that's it. And you know you have to sort of make the deadline to get into that group of books, but. Um, I always miss the, you know, I'm always late with deadlines, but reasonably close, you know. I'm sorry, my question was so utilitarian, by the way. No, but I mean, when you work with uh, an illustration or publisher, it's like, you know, they're printing on Tuesday and you have to have it done, you know, for the magazine, you have to have it done. And that's a whole different sort of thing with like book publishing it seems like there's a lot of leeway yeah but then like John and Corley just came out with like eight new books like you know they they, they do it in bunches I think and a lot of publishers are doing it in bunches because they're, they're getting them all shipped over from Singapore or whatever so they put them all on the same boat Jim what about your deadlines for, for, for Chris Chris Pitzer yeah that was based on when we wanted the book to come out you know because I remember you had a specific deadline it was like in November a couple of years ago or something yeah. yeah that's it you say I want the book for this show or that show or before so Christmas. So it was a, kind of a self-imposed deadline. Right. It's, it's kind of sad, but I, it's kind of sad, but I don't feel like I haven't like worked myself super hard in a long time where I've like stayed up all night and like slept a little bit and then got up and worked again. You know, I'm, uh, I'm very laid back at this point where like I work for four or five hours of the day, and then that's it. But it's because I have a lot of other things to do. But he's got to go on walks. I got to go on walk. My mental health. But you know, I also have to like you know, housework and stuff. have cats. Just one cat. I should say hi to her. 
Hi, hi Tippy. <laughs> Jim, you want to say hi to your cats? Give a shout out. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. Rocket. Yeah, yeah, Rocket. Do they listen to the show? <laughs> comics, comics. They're <laughs> <laughs> um, like that one with the masses on it. <laughs> no, yeah, what's the, the cheeseburger site? You have to talk and cat talk. Do you guys know what that is? You guys don't know what this is? Like the most popular website in the world is about cats and you can rate cat videos by sure cheeseburgers. They know. They know. Kevin, any questions? Geneva, any questions? Oh, what my day-to-day like. <laughs> um, I get up every morning, I feed the birds. I go outside, I feed the birds. I'm not kidding. I have to get up by 7 or else they're mad. They're like, feed the birds. Um, and then I, recently I've actually been copying panel by panel Chester Brown's Helder. So when I start drawing in the morning, I'm just drawing a rote. I'm just trying to copy a panel of Chester Brown's story Helder, which is four inches by four inches each panel. And then I'm just copying that drawing. So I'm drinking my morning coffee and I'm just trying to draw a little bit and not really think about what I'm drawing. And then I have, I'm working on Dash's animation project, which is just sometimes a notebook. I'm just keeping notes. I'm working on the story. I want to do uh, a story based in like classic classical Italy so that's doing notes for that story but I just try to take the first two hours out of the day for myself um, I might make a painting which is I've been doing stuff on with airbrush and stuff recently but like I just try to take the first three or four hours of the day um, I get up around seven and then so if I can draw on any level for an hour or two hours before 10 or 11 o'clock I feel really good and then if the project keeps going like if I keep doing something then I'll keep working or I might go you know to the store or something but um, yeah it's just like a lot of I do I'm just more like the perpetual student like I'll go down to the library I'll take a book out I just you know I, I try to read every morning like right now I'm reading Ovid's Metamorphosis you know and I'm just like I, you know I'm just just trying to stay focused on whatever I'm doing but then I don't have any paying job right now like I'm waiting for Dash's animation job to come to you know to, to get on schedule and so I'm under contract for him you know so I'm, I'm not taking any other jobs just waiting for that job to come in so as soon as that job comes in I'm going to be working crazy hours every day so I'm sort of just trying to take it easy like you know everyone asking me when's cold heat coming out and everything and it's like you know when someone fucking pays me to draw the end of it you know because it's just like at this point i've just spent years of my life to try to you know finish this story that i i'm very excited about i'm excited about it but like i you know the potential sales and like you know what you know whatever it's just like i don't it's it's just like i want to start a new project that's like a black and white book that i can print cheap or you know picture box can print cheap and then we can maybe make money off this book because if i do another color book that's going to be you know that's going to cut into you know it's just going to it's only going to it's going to be a money loser you know and so i'm aware of that and i'm just trying to like i'm just trying to figure out the next project like i'll finish cold heat but at this point you know we've spent so much money on it that like it's it does come down to money and then that like silver surfer job was like the, you know, great job because it, it paid well. 
So, um, but my day is just like, I just try to take the early part of the day. That's what I like to do. And then I go for a drive or a walk, but, you know, I work at the comic book store, you know, once or twice a week. I mean, I own my own house. My bills are $300 a month. Like I don't, you know, I don't need, I've set up my life so that I can be a bum. (laughs) That's the reality. Keep expenses down. down. Any successful business. Yes. So, but like it, but it also takes, you know, it's like, I'm not. I don't need to prove myself anymore either. Like, you know, yeah, take away. I mean, I do need to prove myself, but I mean, like, I'm not trying to create a fan base or something. Yeah, don't quit your day job. Keep keep your expenses down. But then, you know, I want, I mean, I like when I'm working, you know, crazy hours and stuff like that. Like, you know, Jim's the craziest. Jim, you call Jim and he'll be like, I've been up uh, half the night. I have to finish this other thing, and I got six projects. And then, you know, like you know, you call. It's like anytime I talk to Jim, I feel like I'm not doing enough. You know, he's making a face at me, but you know, it's the truth. You know. What do you say to that, Jim? You disagree? No, I. I mean, I don't think there's. Uh, you know, I mean, that's it's a job. Like sometimes I think about getting a day job so that I can avoid doing. Anything. No, you don't want to get work for money because it does cut into. You know, I do less of my own. I thought I would quit my day job and I would do like some sort of paying art thing during the day and then still do comics at night. And it, it doesn't work that way. Like even if it's a commercial job, you're still the same amount of tired at the end of the day. And, you know. I mean, I've worked like a million different jobs trying to support myself and whatever. I mean, like I'm, I've just, I'm 38 years old. Like I'm not giving any energy away to any other person besides myself that unless I love them dearly and I want to help them you know or something like I I'm not working at Burger King I'm not like I'll you know I've just set up my life I moved from New York to Pittsburgh to live in a house you know in a bad neighborhood so that I don't have to work a soul crushing job I mean that's the whole whole point of it I'm like you know you know my father is just like you know doesn't understand like financially how the hell I, I do it but why I do it just because so that I can have the opportunity to like if the silver surfer job comes through like I'm not working at Burger King and then trying to do the pages after work like fuck that you know so it's just like my my I'm, my skills are honed but I'm not getting paid for it so, right right Kevin's giving me a funny look here he's looking at the time he's saying we've been talking for 40 minutes and is this panel really over any more questions Geneva anything Oh, student debt. Yeah. Let's talk about student debt. Anybody with student debt? Mine's paid off. I had some. I, I don't know how long it took. Five, uh, five or six years. You know, like I worked a day job for seven years after college, and you know, part of that's paying down debt, including student loans. Um, Was it worth it? Uh, you know, you you do try to like figure out how to lower your overhead to the absolute minimum. You know. But I think I don't think we're the only people doing that anymore. I feel like that's the way the economy is moving. I think that's become like a common thing now that people are. No, but I think with cartooning, there's like this perception that you know, you know, Jim Rugg is a successful cartoonist, but that I think you know, it, the, it's like not like you're comfortable, like you're busting your ass to like you know make it all work, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, you want to get to the point where you can do whatever work you want to do, you know, and and that's what the the balances, you know, because you do have to make a certain amount of money. So the less amount that you need to make is the greater freedom to do the work that doesn't pay or that you don't have to rely on someone to pay you for. 
Yeah, no, I, had a, I had a day job for quite a few years after college too. To what was that day job? Pay down my debt. Well, first I worked at a arts and crafts distributor doing catalog work. They were the largest yarn distributor in America. So I would like scan barcodes of yarn and scan yarn and then clean it up in Photoshop. And I did that. And then I worked for a company that did illustrations for dot-com companies. And then I worked at a museum for four years. So were you a guard? Whittled down that debt. I had, I had a bit of it. So, yeah. Any, any altercations? With the law? No, I mean, did you have to tackle anybody like trying to touch a Picasso or something? It wasn't an art museum. It was a science. Oh, science museum. Did you have to you know, tackle anybody going after the T-Rex uh, statue? No, I, there was nothing, no, no incidents like that. No wow, incidents. No, no incidents. I just sat in the office and made signs. Made signs. Jim, any interesting jobs? No, I did the same thing for seven years. I, I did marketing, graphic design, catalogs, and stuff for a manufacturing company. Just pretty routine, monotonous kind of work. I worked at a toy store down at Station Square during Christmas Rush. Yeah, I can't. Ian's got that color Game Boy. <laughs> what about Millennium Barbie? You got that? Three things that year. Millennium, Millennium Trivial Pursuit, Millennium Barbie, and... The Color Game Boy, which in Pittsburgh we say Keller Game Boy. The Keller, you has got that Keller Game Boy. Ian's got that Keller Game Boy. Nah. Kevin? I just had the black and white Game Boy. I never had a Game Boy. I didn't have a Game Boy. But then Magic Cards were big. Were you guys into Magic Cards? No. Magic Cards? No. Pokemon Cards? No. Do you play video games? Do you play video games? Yeah, I play. Kevin? Do you, have you ever read yeah, Kevin's I, comics? I, just, do you, I don't know. Does he read? Does he does he may play video games? I don't know. What do you think? I can't. I, I'm afraid to play video games. I feel like that's an addiction that I really don't play that much. Like you know, yeah, there's a perception that you you're a video game fanatic. There's a perception out there. You know that, right? I did some stories about it. I mean, people think you're obsessed. Yeah, I did a comic with golf in it too, and I haven't golfed and. <laughs> 20 years I think you do more video game than because yeah. the golfing could be considered a video game yeah you think about that Tiger Woods <laughs> we golf alright we're wrapping it up here 42 minutes of uh, comics esoterica here with Jim Rugg and Kevin Heisinger and Frank Santoro thank you very much everybody woo Comics, comics weekend coming at ya. We'll be back at these late messages. We should be recording all day, and, and we should like go up and just send down more cartoonists. And you should just have like this ongoing. Thing. Okay.